Hi, I'm Adam Crofts, the founder of Prevail, and this is Better Begins Here. I'm tapping into the minds, habits, and motivations of top performing athletes to uncover how they perform at the highest level. How do they make sure they're ready for those moments when it really matters? I'm also going to find out what you can learn from them to help you become the best version of yourself. Today, you're going to hear from British tennis player, Jodie Burridge. Even in the US, recently when I got my first Grand Slam win, you train for those moments and then now you have new goals. Jodie has already accomplished so much in her career. I can't wait to see where she goes from here. I hope you enjoy this episode and that you're inspired by Jodie's story as I am. Jodie, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, though. It's all good. Obviously one of the UK's most exciting tennis players, female tennis players. <laughs> Four singles titles to your belt, five doubles titles, big year, Wimbledon, mm-hmm. US Open. Yeah, it's been it's been a good year for me and excited to be here with you guys and yeah, prevail using your smartware. I'm really excited to get going with it and seeing what it can help me do in the gym and on court and with my training. Yes, it's going to be good to have you on board. So how <laughs> did you find uh, wearing the kit today? Yeah, really good. It's a lot more comfortable than anything. Well, obviously no one's ever done what you guys are doing here before, like putting the heart rate monitor and everything in the sportswear. And yeah, that's something I'm all for. Like I hate putting on an extra thing when I'm training and stuff. So yeah, to get on and get in the gym and, and see it in action is really exciting. And I can't wait to carry on training the next few months and getting the the positives and the benefits from it. And I think Prevail and the device that I use today is a lot more information, a lot more accurate um, than the stuff that I've kind of used before. So I'm excited to use that to help me train and yeah find the better ways to training yeah so I think I'm um, going through rehab at the moment mm-hmm. so I think Jamie our trainer was fairly kind to you today yeah I think he was um oh he still pushed me he still pushed you. still pushed me yeah. <laughs> yeah especially on the upper body it's not my strong suit struggled a little bit in there but yeah I think he he went light on me kept chucking in oh yeah I've got a rib stress fracture gotta go easy <laughs> gotta go easy can't can't be pushed um, next time round though it's gonna <laughs> yeah i know i'm worried for next time yeah. round. it's quite impressive seeing how fast she's recovering between sets though and how quick you could go again and yeah that's the part that yeah i wanted to see and in the gym session today learning all about that stuff because i feel like with everyone when you're in the gym in between sets you kind of have a bit of a chat and then if you get into a conversation i mean i know i do anyway like yeah, you probably spend a little bit more time recovering than you need. And when you're obviously at the top of the level or trying to get to the top of the level in a sport, you need that extra 5% that's going to help you. So yeah, with the device today, obviously looking at my heart rate and knowing when I'm ready to go again for the next set. I mean, I think that's why I found it a little bit harder as well, because you don't get that extra recovery time. Um, But that's exactly what I want. And yeah, I'm looking to make big strides in in my physical game at the moment and just with my physicality trying to reap benefits from what, whatever I can so I'm really looking into yeah. that side of things and yeah I think using the app and the smartware device yeah I think that's going to be really good for me yeah we'll hopefully see some like good improvements and stuff we can monitor and mm. track with you and help you progress with as well over the next coming months I mean we were talking earlier right obviously work with a, with a few core athletes in a few different sports but tennis like it's gonna be one of the most brutal sports to train for and how you replicate a game situation because yeah. you never quite know how long a game's going to go yeah. what's going to be involved and 
Yeah, it's a, it, it is a tough sport. There's no time limit on it, as you said. Mm. It's not like a rugby game or a football game where you know you're playing for 80 or 90 minutes. It's literally till the last point. I mean, I love the sport. I love I love playing it. But yeah, it's hard to, or I've now realised it's hard to replicate a match situation and the stress in a match on your body, mind, all of that, and what that obviously does to your heart rate, et cetera, et cetera, to training. Obviously training, yes, you try and replicate it as much, but it's more the stress that your body is under. It's mm. really hard to replicate that. And yeah, I was looking today in the gym, like you hardly ever get your heart rate, or whatever, to the the fifth zone. I think it's the red zone. Yeah. Um, and that's what I really want to try and do in my training because that's where when I'm playing the matches and when it goes on for a longer time, that's where I'm going to be. And that's where you need to train because that's where people that's win it. and lose matches. So. I suppose like in, until now, how do you kind of replicate that? And how do you train for those? We're talking about the US Open, right? It was what would you say it was one of the longest games you've ever played or Yeah, yeah, lost seven, six and a third. It was tough. Had a match point, lost it, was out there for like three hours wow. in the I think it was like thirty-three degrees heat and the humidity was something like ninety degrees humidity. So it's one I mean, especially in England, it's hard to replicate those conditions. Yeah. But then yeah, the stress of that match after three hours I mean I don't think I've ever really trained three hours right. and there's something to be said in that but if you did that every day your body wouldn't be able to carry on doing it so I mean you try your best to play points in training and and try and yeah get your heart rate up and do different drills to replicate it on a match score but yeah I guess without some technology it's hard just to actually see it because people I feel they feel like they're working hard and yeah they probably are working hard but you've probably got another whole level in there I mean my coaches have been saying to me not that I've been this is totally my coach speaking not <laughs> me he thinks there's a whole other level in there not that I haven't been working hard but I don't realize how much I've got got in me yeah and yeah to see the numbers um and to put it down in front of you and yeah, see it that way. I think that's when your brain starts to realise you've actually got more in the tank than you yeah. actually think. That's quite an exciting place to be, right? I suppose if, like mm. you say, you're performing at this level now, which is incredible, and you still your coach is saying, you know, internally, got there's, more. there's a lot more to come, yeah. right? I think I think the cool thing about what we're doing at Prevail, a lot of what we're what we stand for as a brand, really, is potentially not taking the easiest route to success. Mm. It's everyone has to deal with adversity, overcome obstacles, and I guess you've been you've still so young obviously still so much to do but you've had not necessarily took the easiest route with being played with a few injuries over the years so yeah. it's gonna be good to get into your mindset on that and how you've managed to to keep moving and, and stay performing at this level as well I suppose yeah I mean injuries hasn't been I haven't been lucky with them at all no. I either go big on them or go home <laughs> I never have any like niggles really I mean like now I've got a rib stress fracture and just in tennis it's not really heard of to be honest um and then I've also had three ankle operations same thing every time I've just been unlucky there's my weakness is obviously there and at 22 I mean I had the operations I've had three before I was 20 so obviously it was young and I'm not gonna lie like after the third one especially I didn't think that I'd play after really didn't think I'd be able to come back from it again like physically it's pretty hard to play catch up and mentally as well it's just hard to to trust your body um especially on tennis court obviously you're moving every every direction yeah like you said it's not a time limit you don't know how long you're going to be on court for um 
there's just so many different things and when you're out for that long a time and I mean you go through the operations I mean even now sometimes my ankles kind of kick off and kind of just got to accept it and move on so yeah coming back from them I mean it's helped me mentally um, I feel like I'm mentally stronger yeah. from it and I appreciate things a lot more because like I said I didn't think I'd be playing but now looking back like when I was in that mindset it's silly like I've got I mean my job yeah my career I play tennis each day travel and we follow the sun so I'm literally going to nice places like never really in the cold yeah I love the sun beach pools whatever so I literally yeah I'm living my dream career that's got to um, keep you going as well, isn't it? Even yeah. Just the thought of the next next sunshine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now, like, obviously, I'm I've been in England for about six weeks now, and yeah, I like <laughs> it here, but it's not the same. Like, I could be in LA right now. Wow. Yeah, it's in rainy it's, Manchester. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, in Manchester. <laughs> hey. Yeah, with going through those injuries, especially from a physical point of view as well, that's why I'm so keen to look at different pathways and really crack down on my fitness and really focus on it because it's the thing that is holding me back in my career at the moment yeah. three operations in like what two years three years yeah it was in that's, three years yeah that's, that's crazy like i suppose getting into that point where you thought you're not going to play tennis again how did you get past that point um i still don't even really know to be honest wow. i just my family and yeah, my boyfriend and my friends around me. I have such a good team around me socially and yeah, my coach, fitness coach, everyone in my team, we get on so well. And I think they obviously pushed me and, and, and kept me going because I just, yeah, I just didn't think I'd be able to get back to a level and then actually go higher. I mean, I didn't even really take notice for it at the time, I guess. But they kind of, yeah, tried to keep me as positive as possible and then slowly start doing some more fitness. And obviously when I could actually move and stuff, because it's hard when you're on crutches and that. Yeah. And I mean, the, my first two operations, I was in the gym when I was on crutches and stuff. And my third one, I was just, just didn't want to do it. No, <laughs> I was I just like, imagine. I've been here before. Like, what's the point of getting back to then do it again, you know? But you did. But I did. You did, yeah. <laughs> Somehow I did. <laughs> I don't think I give myself enough credit for that really I give myself quite a hard time on court as well and sometimes I just need to take a step back and appreciate yeah. what I've does it, does it make through. you think in your own head the people you compete in week in week out is it in your head that if the three operations hadn't been there where, where you could be right now or yeah is that a motivation definitely or? definitely um if I hadn't missed out that time it, it kind of gets me down thinking about it because I'm like <laughs> why you know but in the same breath, I'm like, I've come through more physically anyway than what a lot of the players would have, would have gone through. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, like, I've had a good life outside tennis. Like, I'm very privileged. There's nothing, nothing's ever, you know, been horrendously bad. So I actually sometimes feel bad saying that, oh, I've come through such a hard yeah. time. I mean, it's just physically. In, um, your, in your world, it is really hard, Yeah, right? for me in my career, yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, sometimes I've got to remember, obviously, what I've come through and what people haven't. When you're on court, that can definitely help you, for sure. Like when you're deep in that third set or when you think you don't have anything left and you're kind of just, just playing, like you do have more in there, you can keep like yeah. keep good. That's just what I've learned from being out with them. And I guess it's even like now a rib injury could be mm -hmm. a lot more serious to, to a lot of people, but for you yeah. it's just, I can deal with it, I'll move on, I'll keep getting better. 
Yeah, which, it's. I mean, it's very frustrating. Yeah, there's worse things, I guess, in yeah. life. Um, Good attitude. <laughs> yeah, well, I say that to you in, internally. I'm like, so down, no. But, is anyone there to help you with, with those sort of, with the mindset kind of thing? Yeah, I work with a psychologist. I've been working with him for a year and a half now. Yeah, that's definitely a thing in tennis because it's an individual sport. Mm. Something that you definitely need to look into, I think. I mean, I actually kind of used to be in denial all about him. I was like, I don't need to talk to anyone. Like, I'm fine. And even now, to be honest, like, he still messages me sometimes when, yeah, like, after US, he still messaged me saying, oh, do you want to chat or whatever? And I just kind of don't reply. And that's when he's like, okay, we need to have a chat. Like, you you need to get it out. Yeah. Um, I think that's such an important part of the game because like I said, it's an individual sport. You've got no one out there on court with you if you're not kind to yourself and if you don't have a positive mindset and mindset is such a big part of it, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's going to be quite hard. I suppose no one really thinks of that, but you're on court and essentially you're on your own, right? Yeah. You're having to deal with every every point, every yeah. part of the strategy, how you're feeling. Yeah. Is there things that the psychologist helps put in place? So that you have like tools in your in your own head when you're when yeah. you're on court. Yeah, we have like routines that you can kind of go through. I've started to use a little sticker and I actually stick it on the side of my racket and it's just got like three key words that I kind of they, they can change with match to match, but that I want to remember for that match. And it's just a tool that when I see those words, obviously it's gonna remind me of what I've spoke about with him because yeah, when you get to a high stress situation, I mean, you've, your brain goes in it's the red, I think it's called the red and the blue brain, but it goes in the red and it's just irrational. Yeah. So that's kind of like a marker to try and bring you back into the rational mindset. And you um, can feel yourself going into that, that oh, mindset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a very big difference between the two. Angry Jody. Yeah, angry Jody <laughs> is not good for my tennis. <laughs> so what, um, what else does he help you do off, off court, I suppose, in terms of how you approach life? fitness, nutrition, does, does all that come into it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we kind of go through everything and what are my thoughts on, yeah, nutrition or what are my thoughts on the training or yeah. kind of, because you've got, you've got to make decisions, I guess, especially being a player, you employ people and, it, and, and it's working with those people. It's, as much as it is an individual sport, it, there's a team around you. Do you feel like accountable to those guys when you're competing? Yeah, it's a massive team effort. Yeah. What I do in the court I feel like represents them as well um and it's having that understanding with your team that yeah that's why everyone cares as much as each other it's not just me driving it like my fitness coach my my tennis coach it's all the same like if I'm if I lose a tough match or whatever they feel it too yeah like if I'm an idiot on court they're annoyed about it you know I mean so am I when I come off court because when your rational brain takes over you can obviously you're obviously just what are you doing I'd love to know what those words what what those words (laughs) (laughs) they're not that interesting to be honest there's so many words that could go on there but I'd say like one of them would be reset and that's obviously when I'm getting into that irrational state just to reset my mind um another one would be like deep breath because that really helps yeah, calm, calm yourself down, get your heart rate down. Um, say if I was working on something like for my serve, like ball toss, just to obviously remind me that's like a, a key thing for my serve. Just kind of things like that. Could be a new racket design with just words. James I know, just, design, just, just words around the, around the Well, one time I, I've handed my racket into the stringer and he was kind of like, 
what is this? <laughs> I was like, just ignore it. Please just ignore it. <laughs> it's nothing important. Where did it all start then? Super early, wasn't it? You were saying before. Early. Yeah. Yeah. So my mum played a lot when she had me. And so I'm second oldest. There's four in my family. Um, and when she had my older brother and me, she was still playing a lot of tennis. And I just kind of picked it up through her. I think she obviously wanted, not wanted me to get into tennis, but because she played, we then kind of played. Was and she good? She was good. I can still hit with her now. Oh, She's still... Yeah, she. I don't give her enough credit to be honest. I would never say this to her face. Um, she's going to watch now. this. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to watch this and be happy. But um, I don't give her enough credit because, yeah, yeah, she's good. She can hit a decent ball, and she still plays a lot when she can. Now she loves it. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, so I I then went to boarding school and I well when I was eleven and kind of got told I could kind of go somewhere and if I wanted to take it more seriously. So I still did my school. My parents have always kind of kept that going, my education. So I came out of school at 16. I was down, yeah, down in Bournemouth for five, six years. Absolutely loved it down there. And then actually came out of school and moved to London. But I still carried on kind of the tutoring on side that and did my A-levels that way, just just in case anything ever. Yeah. That's a, such a big decision at a young age, isn't it? To mm. take it on full time, go to a boarding school. Yeah. Was that like, was you instantly knew that's the career you wanted to um, not really. Yeah. I mean, I knew that I, I loved playing it and mm. yeah, I was in the regional camps and was getting in some of the national camps. I never really thought I'd make a career out of it. I mean, a lot of players, they play a lot when they're a kid and then they normally go to an American uni because you can get scholarships over there. And I was actually supposed to go to one and then decided to go pro instead, which is one of the biggest decisions of my life. Yeah. Um, but one of the best ones that I've made. Is it a hard, hard decision to make? Or? Yeah, it, well, it took me like eight months to make. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was a mess playing at the time when I was trying to make that decision. Just because you've got to make that decision when you're 17, 18 years old. Like, you don't really know what you want, you know, at 17, yeah, 18. Question, you yeah. don't really know what you want to do. You've got friends out. Yeah, out there's, 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 you, you've got to make so many sacrifices playing the sport and... At that age as well, I wasn't working anywhere near as hard as I am now. You don't, un yeah, I didn't understand what I needed to do to make it. Yeah. It's taken a few years of, yeah, some tough love. What, what helped make the decision then? Um, well, I actually made the decision to go. I just did, I wasn't confident that I was going to make a career out of it. Didn't mm. want to risk losing the education. Yeah, just didn't have the confidence in myself. So anyway, chose to go to American, American uni. Also, I went to visit the American unis and they are unbelievable. Like yeah, I can imagine. the facilities and yeah, you get a scholarship, everything's paid for. It's nuts over there. Would have absolutely loved my life as well. That I mean, I'm quite a social person and just would have loved it. Um, so really that's kind of what, why I made the decision to go. And just in the time that I was trying to make that decision, I just was playing with that in the back of my mind, which is just, it's carnage, really, yeah. that in your subconscious. And I, yeah, I was tight, nervous, playing the matches, was like very irrational on the court. Like just, yeah, I was just, yeah, making such a big deal out of every match. But anyway, so when I made the decision to go, I actually just relaxed and played a lot freer. And that's when I got my first pro title, wow. literally. I went on holiday for a week after I made the decision, relaxed a bit then. I went over, kind of went over to Ireland to see my ex-boyfriend at the time. 
and there was a tournament there and just rocked up and I just yeah just kind of played it obviously because I like playing tennis it was just like yeah might as well um and yeah ended up winning that tournament and after that I was just like I've worried so much about making this decision I haven't actually focused on my tennis or anything like that so I had a few yeah doubts in my mind and actually Cam Norrie one of the guys I remember him messaging me because he went to an American union for guys I think it's a better route but he was like, oh, don't change your decision or something like that because um, he's all for the American uni route. Yeah. And actually two weeks later, I did I did make my, <laughs> change my decision. <laughs> but it's advice. the best one, yeah. best decision I've made for sure. No, looking back, the tournament in Ireland, was that the first moment where you thought, right, this is this is me. I'm in. Yeah. This is, where I'm, this is the route I'm going to take. Yeah. I, yeah, just absolutely, yeah, I loved that week and just realised the ability that I kind of had. Yeah. Um, did life change a lot from that moment then? Like did the training step up? Yeah. Um, I guess I started to take it more seriously and the fact that I'd made the decision to play it, I guess, like I said, there was a lot of tough love from coaches, mm. from other people and me kind of realizing what I needed to do and the sacrifices. And I mean, I'm still learning about all, all of that stuff now It's yeah. ongoing process. But yeah, so it did change in terms of how I was training and yeah, the commitment to it. What would you say the main sacrifices were then back then that put you in good stead for where you are today? <sighs> I, a lot of them are kind of social sacrifices. Obviously at that age, it's an age where people are going to uni, they're finding themselves or they're enjoying their lives. They've got no worries. Yeah, it was like, if my friend messaged me, oh, do you want to go out tonight? It's like, I can't really, I've got training at 9am. And to be fair, I I didn't mind it. I like being active. But yes, yeah, sometimes, I mean, I made wrong decisions sometimes where I did go out um, <laughs> and then tried to play the next day and... Doesn't work. Does not work at all. No. Um, I still made that mistake a few times, probably <laughs> a few too many times. Um, probably happen again a few more times. Yeah, probably will. Um but yeah, it's, this, it's the social aspect and not being able to commit to, like someone asks you, oh, in three weeks time, should we book in going to a concert or it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. So those moments then when you're making sacrifices, you say no, you're keeping focus. What's driving you? What's like the big motivation and focus for you? Just getting you out of bed in the morning. Where? Um, honestly, like making the money that is in tennis. I mean, yeah. I love tennis. I love playing it the people that you you get to meet or different countries, you get to go to loads of places. I love the whole thing about it. I love the travel. But yeah, at the end of the day, you want to make a career out of it. Yeah. So the money is one of the, one of the main drivers. Yeah. That comes um, from winning tournaments, right? That comes so. from winning. And you're not going to win if you don't commit and make the right choices and put the hard work in. Yeah. Um, and it's hard work, right? Because we spoke about this earlier. It's not... It's not like a football or a rugby where it's a you're earning good money if you're at one level. It's probably the top ten yeah. percent you have to be in to really make a good living from it or something. Yeah, I think a lot of people misunderstand that as even at the point that I am now, I'm not making that much money at all yeah. <laughs> compared to the people up top. Yeah. And it's not like you get a set salary either. Yeah. You don't play, you don't get any money, mm-hmm. you don't win. You, you don't make it make any money um so there's a lot of pressure and there's pressure of that obviously in each match that you play because money goes up every match I mean I it sounds bad me saying this like I love the sport so much and and the different things I've done like this year playing Wimbledon 
has been a massive goal of mine for a long time. And the yeah, feeling that's... when you walk out there, even in at the US um, recently when I got my first Grand Slam win, like it's those things as well. You you train for those moments and then now you have new goals. Yeah, when you realise them. Let's, let's talk about Wimbledon. Amazing actually getting there, right? How hard yeah. was it to, to finally make an appearance? Yeah, I missed out, obviously, COVID year. And the year before that was when I had my third operation. I played, so the grass court swing is about five weeks. And the first match that I played the first week, I rolled my ankle and then needed an operation. And I, yeah, basically was at kind of a bit below the ranking I am now. Um, but yeah, I would have definitely played that was a brutal year that yeah. that was partly why I was in such a bad place as well because it's something you've been working towards for such a long time basically since you're a kid like yeah. I played I played juniors at Wimbledon it's not the same so you'd have the kind you've had a planted the seed as a junior yeah. but it was there to there to achieve. yeah I mean it was it was crazy going out there as a junior playing a junior tournament in a situation like that because even because going out there as a professional like is one of the best feelings yeah how did you deal with it when you was when you finally came onto court then? Yeah, was it? Not well. Not well. It didn't go well that match, actually. What um, was the race on your racket that day? Yeah. No, no nothing that helped me. <laughs> yeah, I I did let the situation get to me. But I actually started all right and yeah, walking out there, seeing my friends and family there and having people there supporting me. Like that was it was really nice, but it just wasn't my day on the court at all. Um I actually enjoyed myself a lot more in the doubles because kind of got over yeah kind of that yeah that's done with things. doubles first i guess well yeah, yeah exactly i actually prefer in every tournament i play i prefer playing doubles first just eases you in a little bit yeah and on the doubles court i'm a completely different person to on the singles court like i just relax a lot more i'm a lot kinder to myself because you've got someone else there and i'm being positive for them they're being positive for me like it's a completely different situation so yeah just to relax those like first round kind of nerves that you get yeah I feel like um, potentially like the pressure's off now. Like you've you've had your first stab at Wimbledon. You yeah. Go back. What what did you learn from it? I suppose. How would you approach it differently next time? I would say that I'd talk to well my psychologist a little bit more. I knew that I was going to be nervous. I knew that I was going to think it was a big thing. Yeah. But I underestimated how much that affected me and didn't really go through what I would do if things went bad and if. Yeah, I was starting to panic on court. Guessing I, you don't know until you're there though, right? You don't. You don't. And a lot of people spoke to me after and kind of said, yeah, that's what happened. My first time playing or whatever. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's tough to think about it now. Cause it's something you've been working towards for such a long time and then you kind of feel like you just messed it all up. But now that now that's gone. Yeah. Like I can't wait for next year when hopefully I'm playing back there again. Yeah. Um, and and you will be. And you know, it's like you say, you know, it's possible now as well. And you know... Mm. Recent things in, in women's yeah. tennis as well. There's been some. There's been some amazing, amazing, amazing wins from GB players as well, yeah. and it's it's all there for the taking, right? It's yeah. The yeah. I mean, obviously Emma has done unbelievable. It still doesn't compute in my mind what she's achieved. Um, also, the boys, yeah, Dan and Cam. I mean, they're both top thirty now. It's been really inspiring, and it's been tough sitting here doing nothing with my injury at the moment but I just can't wait to get back on court and it just shows you how close things are and how quickly they can change for yeah someone. absolutely just like you say it's just consistency and a bit of luck of injuries right I yeah. think obviously Adam Jamili we had on it was quite interesting hearing him speaking him saying that he trains with the world's best 
week in, week out, and he can beat them in training. So in his head, he knows he can beat them on the day. And I suppose it's exactly the same for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it literally is who deals with the situation better on the day. I mean, yes, people have been playing at a certain level for longer than others, and that is an advantage in itself. But with tennis, it's such such a fine line, I mm. feel, um, within the sport. Yeah, if you deal with things the right day, if you get everything spot on, I mean, it, yeah, it's exciting to yeah. see what can happen. So I suppose you had some other pretty huge moments worth talking about. Obviously, US Open recently as well. Mm. How did that one go for you? Yeah, In terms good. of like experience-wise and learnings from it. Yeah, I mean, I so for juniors, I played all the other Grand Slams, but I missed US again for another ankle operation. Um, Got them all out the way early. I know, just, yeah, get them done. <laughs> So it was my first time in New York, which was a whole experience, obviously, in itself. And yeah, enjoyed that. And yeah, the tournament, it was unfortunate that fans weren't allowed or they didn't have fans for qualifying. Because um, apparently it's always qualifying is the best time to be there because the fans, yeah. you don't have to pay for tickets. They, you can actually rock up and it's always like the keen tennis fans. And yeah, yeah. But apparently it's really good vibe. But I'll experience that next year. Yeah, I will. feel like it's good because I'm getting two experiences in one because it was my first US Open, so that's an experience in itself. And then now next year I'll get first US Open with fans. It's completely different when fans are there and to when they're not. So yeah, to get my first Grand Slam win there was special for me. Yeah, I've played this. That was my third consecutive Grand Slam. So I played Paris. Obviously, had a tough match there, lost. Obviously, played Wimby, lost there. So to kind of, yeah, get that win was gave me a lot of confidence and then had a real tough match the next round. Really unfortunate that I got injured during that match because I feel like, well, I was on top in that match. Yeah. Um, it's like playing through an injury as well. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend it. So probably, <laughs> Not ideal. probably made it a lot worse doing what I did if I'd stopped when it started hurting, then it might not have been as bad, but that's just yeah. the player I kind of am. Um, I'll go till I literally can't, can't go anymore. <laughs> um, I suppose, yeah, another pretty awesome moment, Battle of the Brits yeah. tournament this year. Mm -hmm. The big scalp you took there as well. Yeah, so I played Joe there. She was ranked 14, so it was the highest person that I've actually beaten. Um, and yes, it was just after COVID and, yeah, everything was kind of up in the air, but that week... It was just a crazy week, to be honest. And I can't thank Jamie Murray enough for putting it on because I mm. also got a lot more confidence from that week. And that kind of kick-started me pushing on in the last year because I also got to play with Andy, yeah. um, mixed doubles, which was incredible. So um, was, it, was it a last-minute decision, was it? Did you? Yeah, so each day they kind of just put the team together. They chose who was playing singles, who was playing doubles. And it was on the second day, just ended up that, we were playing together like the coaches just picked it that way and I was kind of I mean obviously it was I was processing it in my mind thinking yeah okay like that's cool like playing Randy but that was like in the meeting so I was just saying oh yeah yeah all good and then obviously when we got out of the meeting I was just like oh my god I'm playing <laughs> I'm playing doubles with Andy Murray tomorrow this is mad how was how, how did it go then how was it to play with him oh god I was so nervous did it give you any any tough talk oh, or god no 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 he was lovely I mean he gives out quite a lot of banter. People think Andy is grumpy or not good with the media, which, yeah, you sometimes see and and he can come across that way, but he 
is actually like full of banter and you can have a real good chat with him. And that week, it was really nice to get to know him a mm. lot more. Obviously, I've seen him before and said hi have a quick chat or whatever but it's completely different when you're obviously in a team environment and yeah. yeah like the first day when I was playing Joe like he's on the side cheering you on with everyone yeah um but obviously what with what he's done his career is just crazy but yeah when we got on the court he could obviously tell I was very nervous was you nervous yeah compared to going into a normal, yeah, normal situation yeah with what he's done in his career and for British tennis and it's it's just incredible and to get to play with him let alone talk to him and about tennis and have yeah. a laugh with him yeah to to play and to learn off him yeah it was amazing I actually got stung by a wasp as well so I hit with him before <laughs> like you warm up obviously before you play play a match and I was obviously that uh, there I was very nervous because I was the first time being on court with yeah. him hitting with him and then I got stung by a wasp just before you started playing yeah <laughs> So I went on with like a massive, yeah, kind of bump on my arm. Could you tell him? Was you trying to just trying to tough it out? Or? No, no, no. I told him straight <laughs> away. Yeah, well, because he had his team there, and I was like, "What do I do?" It was the first time I've been stung by a wasp as well. So I also didn't know what to do. <laughs> so I was literally, like, "Oh God!" Um, and my brother's allergic to like. That's got to be worse than breaking your ankle, being stung. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was, especially when you're trying to play doubles with Andy Murray in like an yeah. hour's time. Um, and we were playing against Emma and Joe as well. So. All, all of them are now Grand Slam champions. Wow. So when I look back on it, like... Phew. And it's going to be so good for your head though. That's you in that space with those four three with Grand Slam champions. Yeah. It's, yeah, it gives me a lot of confidence and I just can't wait to kind of get back to playing yeah. and to have a full year of playing without any injuries. That is my goal and to see where I can go. So would you say, obviously learn from Andy, what would you say the takeaways were? Anything you did take away from playing with him? Yeah, I mean, there's so much that week that I learned from him. It was amazing to see, obviously, with what he's done. And yes, that tournament was a big tournament for us, maybe. But for him, it was kind of just, yeah. well, what I, I thought it would just be a bit of a muck around for him. But he takes it so seriously and his love for the game and for working day in, day out. Got the, one of the highest work rates out there. Um, and just his knowledge and his mentality. I feel like I can relate a little bit to what he's like. He obviously loses his head a bit on court. If you've watched some of his matches, like he can properly lose it. And I liked, well, I'm not like that because I don't have the respect of what he has from people. Like he can do that and still win matches. I can't, but yeah, he can lose his head and then regain it. And the next point is completely yeah, fine, completely reset. Um, and I just learned a lot from how he did that, his routines in between points and right. kind of his self-talk and what he would say to himself after he's just, you know, blown up and yeah. thrown his racket or whatever. So you can kind of see yourself in those situations. And yeah, the next time you're yeah in it's just, yeah, a lot of situations that we're all, we all go through um, and just learn how he deals with them better than other people. What's it like with like access to other athletes in tennis do you get to learn together and talk over things situations like this together or is it kind of you're competing as yourself with your own team or I mean at the end of the day we're all competing against each other mm. I've yeah like I said I'm quite a social person and I train with a lot of the girls that we're obviously playing against and I'm quite good friends with a lot of them and yeah we all when you're having a bad day like you chat to each other mm. um 
it's obviously good to chat to someone who's going through the same or has been through the same kind of thing. Like when I found out about my rib stress fracture, I remember messaging two of the girls, Freya Christie and Katie Bolter, and both of them were just really positive with me. They obviously know what I've been through with my ankles as well. Yeah. And they know I've had a rubbish time with injuries. And yeah, they just know how gutting it is and how hard it is to stop playing and then obviously try and get back. But it's tough when you're good friends with someone, then you've got to go and play them on court. Mm. But I think you just learn to differentiate. Do you get to delve into their training methods and how they're training? And, yeah. I and mean, compare it to how you got your training? Yeah. You will train what is best for yourself. Everyone's different. That's what I've learned, mm. um, especially over the last few years. What works for one person might work for you, might not. Um, and it's figuring out what does and what doesn't. And yeah, that's what I'm kind of looking into with everything now like best my best ways to train where I can get get out of myself which way the best way is for that and yeah it might be training like one of the others it might not so yeah it's, it's good to have that knowledge and to chat to those guys especially people who are obviously doing very well yeah so what's your uh, training routine like now then coming on the back of injury it's actually long days I mean being injured normally you're not doing much, yeah. but long days at the moment. Um, so last week, my day would be getting, well, I'd walk the dog first, but then I go in at about 9.30. Um, I check in with the physio, see if I've recovered well, if anything has made it sore tight. Anyway, yeah, to then do rehab, I guess, for hour, hour and a half. And then I have been doing like on-court movement because I can still... Well, I've been getting back into a more moving kind of things. And then I've actually been getting on court for about half an hour, just hand feeds. I mean, I'm not yeah. hitting with anyone. My coach is literally just feeding me balls just because I'm starting to build slowly back up. And then, yeah, either on, on some days I'm doing a walk bike session after that. Um, other days I just have a bit of a rest, have lunch. Yeah. Um, and then after that is kind of gym um, and recovery or gym and Pilates and then kind of like a massage. So it's quite a full day, yeah. full day. Full old timetable, isn't it? Is it all mapped out for you and, and structured for you? Or Yeah, I mean, obviously things change, like, because they have other athletes and, I mean, I've got other commitments as well. Yeah. Like, so you try to keep it, the structure's all the same, the timings might just change, but it's quite good, I think, when you're injured as well, just to have that structure because it gives you a bit of a plan and yeah I feel like when when I train when I'm normally training it doesn't need to be that reg regimented it just I'll go on court then I'll go in the gym after whenever I kind of feel like it but with an in injury yeah I feel like you need that structure yeah um just give you a bit more purpose in the day do the trainers coaches you work with at the minute do they use a lot of data to kind of inform and measure progression or yeah, so at the moment I'm just wearing a heart rate monitor. I don't actually necessarily go through it with mm. them, um, which is why I'm really interested today to go through everything. I mean, I actually don't know how much. I've, I mean, I guess they use the data. <laughs> Not actually sure. Yeah. So it's um, a really good point. I mean, a lot of a lot of the athletes we spoke to over the years when we was building Prevail is people use devices to record data, but the athletes never own or understand that information yeah. either. And I think putting that into your hands in a way that you can understand mm. it interpret it it should really help yeah yeah for sure I mean I want to make a massive commitment towards my physical side of my career at the moment because it's a massive part of tennis mm. and I feel like I've got to take control of it I mean it's nice having someone there who 
is obviously doing the sessions with you and setting everything up for you. But I feel like if I understand it, I will get more out of myself. I'll know how to to trade in a better way, a more efficient way. I mean, that's just me. It might not work for other people. Again, everyone everyone's different, but I feel like that's really going to help me. Yeah. Going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. So what's, up, so what's up next then? What's the big focus? Um, well, big focus is just getting back fit. First of November, hopefully my first tournament. But the next kind of big tournament I say is Aussie Open Qualies, which is in December, which has been moved to Dubai because of COVID. Um, Still not a bad venue. Not a bad venue. No, no, I'll take it. I mean, it's actually better, I guess, because we don't have to travel all the way to Oz. Like, it's yeah. a long way. Although I absolutely love Australia. One of my favourite places to go, for sure. But also love Dubai. I've won in Dubai this year as well. So it's a good place for, for me to go. Just got good memories there. Um, but yeah, that's the next kind of big thing. So I kind of want to be back in November to get a few tournaments under my belt and yeah, get back used to playing matches before try and hit that one. Big ambitions for next year? Yes. I feel like I'm really going on the right track. Um, I've learned a lot about myself and I'm incorporating a lot of the new things that I've been doing on and off the court. I feel like I've matured, but yeah, I feel like next year's as long as I can stay fit, <laughs> this is the big thing, but this is why I'm making a massive commitment to my, to the physical side. If I can stay fit, I really, I'd, yeah, I can't wait to see what next year kind of yeah. brings because, yeah, I feel like I've got a lot more confidence in myself and, yeah, just just want to see how far I can get to. It's like from the outside, you've you've gone through all mm. of the hard stuff. Yeah. You've gone through all the sacrifices and now it's there for the taking, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I do feel like that. I feel like I just really need to, yeah, prioritise a few things and just enjoy where I'm at. But the more you, more you enjoy it, the more you're in a positive headspace. I mean, for me, the better I play. So, yeah, I'm excited to to see what next year brings and to get back on court and to carry on working hard and just, yeah, doing what I love. Amazing. Well, Jodie, what would be uh, your top three tips of people striving to become the best version of themselves? Oh, oh God. Um, I'm still learning myself. So, yeah, if these don't help, I'm sorry. I'd say... Firstly, for any sport, I feel mentally you've you've got to commit. You can't do anything half-hearted if you really want to make it in any sport. Yeah, you've you've got to be all in. Otherwise, it's not going to be good enough. And I feel, yeah, that's something. What well, there's something that I didn't I didn't do, um, and I wish I'd done earlier. Yeah, just commit fully. And secondly, physically, people say your body's a temple, or keep your body's a temple, and I really wish that I had understood it earlier because if again like myself I feel like this comes into the first one if I had made those commitments earlier made the commitment to get into the best shape I possibly could and the commitment towards that I'd be further up than where I am now so yeah physically doing everything you possibly can and don't get me wrong I love a bit of junk food sometimes yeah. and sometimes you need it you but will. yeah if you want to make it in pro sport you you've got to look at that side I feel and then thirdly enjoy it if you don't enjoy it, I know it's cliche, but if you don't enjoy it, then yeah, you're not going to be able to carry it on for a career. So find something that you enjoy and the things that you enjoy in that career and really prioritise on them. Amazing. Thank you. Loads to take away there. <laughs> Can't wait to, to see you in action yeah. and uh, help, hopefully we can help you along the way. Yeah, hopefully soon as well. Yeah, wicked. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Jodie. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Better Begins Here. 
There are new episodes out every Wednesday. To make sure you hear the next episode as soon as it's out, follow this podcast on your podcast player. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. Stay up to date with everything that's going on at Prevail and how you can become part of our community to become the best version of yourself by following Prevail across all socials at Prevail, P-R-E-V-A-Y-L. Next time on Better Begins here, Olympic gold medalist Jay Jones. You know, I've never experienced nothing like it in my life. There's literally thousands of people banging their feet, screaming my name and, and cheering.